Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. Today, joined by Action NFL experts, Brandon Anderson and Jill Gallant will also be joining us, both of these guys joining us for our weekly Monday NFL recap episodes during the season. We'll recap the Sunday action, look ahead to Monday night football, and then give a look ahead, hot read picks for the week ahead. But today's show, it's a special one as we build towards that opening night game in Los Angeles between the Rams and the Bills. This is the Action Network's annual NFL exotic bets as we, uh, look ahead and study the landscape of the entire season. That's what exotics are all about. And we can't wait to get into this. Brandon Anderson, you've been involved uh, with exotics for, for a while now, and you've been uh, big on covering this side of things for action. What do we need to know about the exotic market? And generally speaking, what's your overall approach to it as the season nears? Yeah, really, this is just a chance to have a little fun where we're going to make our bread and butter on our week-to-week picks. We're going to get our over-under bets in, get some 50-50 action in there. This is not that. This is not necessarily the thing to build your bankroll around. This is, hey, you know what? I kind of like this team this year. Let me put down a few bucks, maybe like a partial unit on this, grab my ticket, and just hold on for the ride this year. Let's have a little fun, put some sprinkles on the cupcake, Get a few bets in that we like. These are the tickets that you're not betting your whole bankroll on. But these are the ones that you're able to show off your friends at the end of the year. Hey, hey, last year on this podcast, we gave out Packers, best record in the league, 22 to 1. That's the one you get to victory lap. This is the victory lap podcast. You get to just pick some long shots, project out the outliers, where do things go, have a little fun with it. Yeah, I was going to even say too, Brandon, this is actually the markets that you can find probably the biggest 
odds discrepancies as opposed to a lot of the major market player markets like an NFL MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Those ones are fairly sharp year to year, whereas these ones, because they're so new, they're just expanding year to year. Uh, you could find some holes. And then, of course, just being able to have fun with it, being able to take something, you know, really throw out some outlandish takes. You know what I mean? Because the odds are there supporting it. So those of you that aren't familiar, examples, and those that are, I apologize for boring you, but examples of this would be if you're going to make or miss the playoffs, uh, exact finishes in a division, so first through fourth place, points scored by an opponent, last winless team, um, a coach to get fired. That's that's fun. I, I, we, I joked in our, one of our previous episodes that we talked coach of the year. You think about, wait a minute, usually you're thinking about who's getting let go because that's just how frustrating uh, the NFL can be when your team is not performing at, uh, at expectation. But the first one we'll hit on, the first uh, exotic uh, category we'll hit on, best record. And, and Brandon kind of brought this up, uh, referencing the Packers. It's, it's amazing to me, Brandon, how you look at, a year like last year, and it's really closer than you'd think because you see the Rams won 12 games, the Bucks won 13 games, Dallas won 12 games, a lot of 12 win teams, but uh, Green Bay ended up getting there. Yeah, and this really, this is a good example of what a lot of these bets are going to be. This is not the place to bet the favorite necessarily. Yeah, we know the Packers will be good, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bucks, they're all very likely to win 11, 12, 13 games. The books know that. So the odds reflect that. So this is really not the way to go, especially because on one like this, like actually happened with our Packers last year, you can split and then you lose even more part of your odds. So make sure to check the book, what where the odds might split and how that works out for you. You want to go with the longer team here. So I'm taking a longer shot. I like the Philadelphia Eagles plus 2000. So 20 to one on the Eagles. I have the Eagles projected at 10.8 wins. Now that doesn't sound like enough to have the best record, but win projections don't really hit the outliers on the high and low ends quite as high. I don't have anyone at 13, 14, 15 wins. So they're only 0.4 wins off of my top teams, the Chiefs and the Bucks. That is right in a range, very much in a range to take a 20 to 1 bet here. The Eagles have one of the softest schedules in the entire league. They have the number one offensive line with depth, which is really important in a long season. And then look at what they added this year. I don't really feel like they lost much, but they added a good cornerback, James Bradbury, added Hassan Reddick, good pass rusher. In the draft, Jordan Davis, first round nose tackle, I think is going to be a huge impact rookie. And then, of course, A.J. Brown, the stud receiver, to really add something to that passing game. They already have a great running game. If the Eagles start well, I think they have a chance to be favored in every game as the books adjust as the year goes along. So I think that this is a good spot for them. You can bet one seed, I like them to have the best record. The AFC might cannibalize each other, so I'd rather just take the best NFC team, Philadelphia Eagles, 20-1. to 1. And it's a team in a questionable division, um, just with the competition is murky. And, and Jill, I get the sense that you might be thinking the same way, but in the other conference. Yeah, and to touch on that Eagles pick, I, we'll be talking about that a little bit more in a different category because I do feel the same things that kind of Brandon was expressing here. Uh, but I'm actually going with the Colts at uh, 16 to one for best regular season record. And, you know, it starts with the run game. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is probably going to be a first, second pick in the fantasy drafts of most people's uh, strong defense. 
especially on the defensive line. Uh, they were second, if not first, in rushing touchdowns allowed uh, this past season. And they have kind of a bend-don't-break philosophy in the secondary. Uh, they did allow a lot of touchdowns last year through the past, but they did sign Stephon Gilmore in the offseason, so I'm hoping that could at least bring that back to league average. Um, and then, of course, within the division, the Titans have regressed, so there's a real possibility of the Colts going 6-0 and in that division. Now, another thing, too, uh, I cover yours, Brandon. I know uh, Carson Wentz trash is coming, so just be careful here. Uh, but they were 11th in passing touchdowns last year. This is me trying to give credit before I take the rug out from underneath of it because Carson Wentz, especially in the latter part of the season, he probably cost them some games in Week 17 and Week 18. So I think it's a huge upgrade being able to bring in Matt Ryan. They only have seven games versus teams that made the playoffs in 2021. Now, Week 3 game against KC, that is going to be the litmus test here to find out whether or not this team is for real. Um, also just, you know, winning nine games last year, there's only a handful of teams that have won nine games like last season that you could have make a legitimate case that there's room for improvement. Uh, you know, you have the Dolphins and then of course the Eagles, as Brandon just pointed out, but they close out the season as well against the Giants and the Texans. One seed in the AFC is going to be crucial uh, because of that cannibalization and teams winning. I don't think there's going to be this runaway favorite that has a team like, you know, at 15 and one entering week 18 kind of thing. So uh, they're not going to rest their starters in week 18. And just as a safety play again, 16 to one, you know, you got long shot odds here, but as a safety play, you could look at the one seed for the AFC for the Colts. That's sitting at 11 to one, still decent odds. If you just want to take the NFC out of the equation. So I got to push back on this one. Jill and I, we, we shared our picks before as we we're getting ready for this. And of everything on the list, I was like, what the Colts, so I just, I see the Colts very differently than you. I don't think the Colts are bad. I feel the Colts are a high floor team, but a low ceiling team. Mm. They're, they're really the exact opposite of the sort of team I want to play for an outlier season like this. Matt Ryan, I think looking at Matt Ryan, if you asked an average fan, hey, rank all the quarterbacks, where would you put Matt Ryan? So I just did that. My article just went out this week at Action Network, ranking all the starting quarterbacks one to 32. I think most folks would say 12th. 10th, you know, like right outside of the top 10. I have Matt Ryan number 19. I feel like that there, there are more quarterbacks in that good, solid range than you expect. And Matt Ryan's numbers have been slowly dipping. And it's about a four-year trend at this point. Since he won MVP, he's just getting a little worse each year. Now, I know team hasn't been very good. I'm not sure this team is a lot better. The offensive line is not what it was supposed to be. The left tackle in particular is problematic. The receivers are really just Pittman. So the run game is there, but I don't love the Colts as much. Here's my rebuttal. Each year, we usually have a worst to first division winner. I've got an article coming on that. I like the Jaguars eight to one to possibly win the division. Now, let's be fair. I don't love the Jaguars. I like them at eight to one. I don't like them just to beat the Colts straight up. But Jill, on the last podcast we did, you talked about obviously the huge coaching upgrade, Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, night and day. So that's the huge thing there. And year two, Trevor Lawrence. We know how those quarterbacks take the year two leap. I have the Jaguars winning the division about 18% of the time. It's not that often, but the implied odds here are 11%. So we're getting nearly double what the odds ought to be. I think that's a better way to play. I, I agree on the weak division. I do not like the Titans. We will get back to them but I feel like I'd rather play the Jaguars than the high-end Colts outcome. Moving on from best to worst, and let's not sugarcoat this. I think we have an easier time identifying who sucks than who's really good. <laughs> um, 
asking a team to be, have the best record. Oh, maybe you got to get to 13. Maybe at some point it's 14 wins down the road in the NFL. But if a team really stinks and you're talking about tanking, draft pick, quarterback heavy draft, it kind of feels easier, and it just mentally at least. Jill, how about a uh, a worst record pick? Well, the the worst team, the low hanging fruit, is obviously the Texans at three to one. Um, obviously, there's just a lot of holes on that offense and just throughout the roster in general. But I'm going to go with the sentimental pick, the hard knocks pick. I'm going with the Detroit Lions at twelve to one. Detroit. I'm going specifically because of quarterback play, like Jared Goff is probably the least inspiring quarterback. If we're going to talk about quarterback rankings, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where he ranks on your list, uh, Brandon, when it comes out on the Action Network website. But then you just look at if at any point he struggles and Campbell has to go to the bench. You've got David Blau, Tim oh. Boyle, a trio of wide receivers that, look, I like Amon St. Rob, Amon Ross St. Brown, but let's be real. It's a bottom five trio in the NFL. I, I'm not inspired at all by this offense. And I think year over year improvement is just not as evident as the hard knocks interviews and, and watching it as you want to believe. There's a lot of holes on this roster. They only had three wins last year. One of it was a week 18 against a resting Packers squad, a Cardinals with a banged up Kyler Murray and no Hopkins and a Vikings game where many basically gave it away at the end. That was the only way that they've gotten to their wins and path of victory. A lot of people will point to their spread record and how they were feisty and how they were staying in games. No, I'm going to just say straight up, Lions are going to be, again, the worst team in the NFL. Win total at six and a half is plus money. It's, it's at plus 135, taking the under, that is. I still can't get over that. Also, just real quick thought on hard knocks, too. It's kind of bizarre. They've avoided... Jared Goff. They haven't spent a lot of time on, on Jared Goff. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a good thing or maybe the Lions are being smart, trying to protect him a little bit. I can't figure that one out. But they haven't hyped him up, nor have they like tore him down or ripped into him. Uh, go ahead, Brandon. Just those are my thoughts on the Lions. It's just it's interesting. Yeah, I'm with you. The Lions have been the darling sleeper, and I feel like we're we're just a little overhyped at this point. So I could see the Lions taking this. I'm gonna stay in the NFC. I'll take the Seahawks at plus seven fifty. The Seahawks, I think we all agree, are not going to be good. A difference that I like about Seattle versus you mentioned Houston and you talked about Detroit in Houston, you've got Jacksonville who might not be good, even though we just said that they could be, we got Tennessee who might be bad with Detroit. You've got Chicago with Atlanta. You've got Carolina. The Seahawks don't really have that. The Seahawks have a tough division. It would be very easy to see them going on against San Francisco, Arizona and the Rams the Seahawks, for me, have the worst quarterback in the NFL. I don't really think it's much of a debate. We now know no Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not coming anymore. They don't have a good offensive line. They don't really have much of anything on the team except for two good receivers, but you need someone to throw them the ball and a couple safeties that they cannibalize all their draft picks to get. So it's a tough division. It's a tough schedule. Really, they have every reason to tank, too. Uh, we'll talk about it with coaches, but... Pete Carroll, uh, I don't think that they're that worried there. I'm not sure he's going to be the guy to suddenly get the, the pink slip and be on the way out. They know what this says. They, they know what they're doing. They traded Russell Wilson. It's a rebuild. It'd be every reason to tank and get that high draft pick, get one of those top quarterbacks coming out next year. I have Seattle projected at 4.6 wins. The next lowest team on my entire projections, I have at 5.4. That is a huge gap in my projections. So I'm looking at Seattle 750 here. I like the under a lot. I'm looking at alternate unders. I'm fading Seattle every chance I can get. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at their schedule too. Uh, open with Denver at San Fran. Those are really two tough games out of the gate. And then they got to go to New Orleans uh, early in the year. And, and that's the other thing. They play a lot of teams out of the division. So if they're out of it early and then they got to play their own division, that's a recipe for disaster. Jill, you got a long shot for us. I do. And I always look at this market as if, what if a top quarterback was to get hurt? Now, this quarterback, I'll, I'll be very careful about calling him a top quarterback. Um, but for example, I did this last year. I took the Seahawks last year at 150 to one with the philosophy that if Russell Wilson gets hurt, it's just such a drop off to who the current starter is right now, Geno Smith and or Drew Locke. And it almost came to fruition. But for this one, I'm going to be looking at a 66 to one. It's going to be the Minnesota Vikings to have the worst record, sticking with the NFC North. So let's say Kirk Cousins. Again, I don't like playing these just a lot. I don't put a lot of money on it because you, just the bad karma of wishing injury on somebody, it's just it's really going to come back to bite you. But if Cousins missed significant time, if you go through the roster, there is so much pending on him that it's just such a huge drop-off uh, to a competent quarterback. Like Sean Mannion right now is tabbed as the backup. Do you remember what happened last year when he started? It was awful. One start last year versus the Packers, uh, 36 pass attempts, 189 passing yards, 10 total points. It was literally a garbage time touchdown to KJ Osborne that even put a touchdown on the board. If he starts, he is going to go to the 32nd ranked quarterback in the NFL. I'm just saying that right now, Brandon. So uh, at 66 to one, again, I'm not saying, you know, you empty your bankroll on this. I don't think you should do that for really any of these props. That being said, I do think even just maybe a, 0.25 of a unit, something like that, just to be able to have something in the bank if the season goes off the rails for the Vikings. You care to respond, Brandon Anderson? Yeah, I'm wearing I mean, a Vikings jersey. <laughs> yeah, I wore my Vikings jersey just for this bad. Hey, hey, man, look, we traded for Nick Mullins. We got a new backup quarterback in town. Nick Mullins, he could be at least like 30th or 31st. Don't give me this 32nd in the NFL. No, if Kirk Cousins goes, goes down, I do not like that. <laughs> that is not going to go well. I do think the rest of the roster is a higher floor than you may be giving credit for. Just a lot of talent there, a lot of weapons, some good defenders. I don't feel like worst record is in the play, but you know what? I could see worse things. Give me the high quarterback draft next year and let's start over. Exotic bets moving along. Uh, th this one I feel like has a little more clarity and maybe maybe this is an exception when it comes to your bankroll because we talk about win totals. This one might have a little bit more uh, clarity and it's not as much of a long shot, especially when you look at the numbers, uh, when you look at the odds. So making or missing the playoffs, it sort of correlates with a win total, um, but... I, I say that in one breath and in another, I also mentioned there's seven playoff teams in each conference and it just becomes that much more difficult. All these tiebreakers, we mentioned it in best record, Packers, Bucks, same record win total wise. So there's a split there. There's going to be some really crazy stuff. And this is coming down to the final a couple weeks of the season. Brandon Anderson, why don't you get us started making or missing the playoffs? What catches your eye? Well, if Gilles is going to come after my team, I'm going to have to come after his. So I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys to miss the playoffs plus 240. Look, it's just an insane number that we can make the case against the Cowboys, but that is a 29% chance to miss the playoffs. That implies 71% to make. That's crazy. I don't know that it's better than 50-50 that they'll make it. Tyron Smith, the stud left tackle, looks like he's going to miss most. I wouldn't be surprised if it's all of the season. They lost Connor Williams. They lost Lyle Collins. That's three good offensive linemen. Tyron Smith, great. Like when you look at their passing numbers, their yards per attempt, their rushing per attempt, everything plummets when Tyron Smith is off the field. They don't have great wide receiver depth and they're already banged up coming into the year. 
The defense was great last year, but had a lot of turnover indicators that went in their favor. I'm not sure Trayvon Diggs is going to get, you know, get an interception every single week this year, like he was doing for a while last year. Randy Gregory gone is a real loss. Tough opening schedule that I'll come back to again later as well. But I'm not sure I see the bottom falling out on Dallas, but it doesn't have to. We only get seven playoff teams. I have the Cowboys out. I have them missing the playoffs. I would take them closer to even 50-50 here at plus 240. This is actually one of my favorite plays on the board. Now, see, this is where Brandon is mistaken because you can't be a Cowboys fan and not have a tough skin by this stage. <laughs> so I've heard it all. I'm numb to the criticism. I'm numb to the, you know, just trying to really stab me in the front and back of my heart, you know. So, um, but I'm with you. I actually, I'm like, I'm pretty down on my Cowboys. I'm the glass half empty fan of the Cowboys, just to put that out there. So I'm with you. I, and I'm going to be betting them to miss the playoffs as well. And the lack of depth at key skill positions is the first thing that pops to mind at wide receiver and tight end. Like you go through their depth chart. There's a lot of red of, Oh, IR, you know, uh, questionable. That's obviously a very big concern. Um, I mean, injuries are inevitable, but that could be a big part in the latter part of the season. Starting a rookie on the blind side who is obviously struggling, of course, with a high ankle sprain to go into the year. And in his career, when left tackle Tyron Smith doesn't play, pressure rate by opposing pass rushers has gone up an average of just under 15% per game. Like the left tackle position is so huge for the way this offense plays, and it's just a sack spree when he doesn't play. And now tough games this season. They got the Rams on the road, Packers on the road, Minnesota on the road. Uh, the Titans in week 17, they've got Tampa to start the year at home. And then they've got Cincy. Now you've got the Texans, Jags, Detroit, and Chicago on the rock. Again, that's not enough for me. And then of course the turnover differential, 26 interceptions last year, they only had 25 interceptions in the previous three seasons combined. So you're not going to be expecting that year over year just to carry over uh, Amari Cooper, a bigger loss than has been led on. Like he was very much a security blanket for Dak uh, in the end zone. Uh, this one is, I have to be careful with saying it because I don't, I don't fully believe it, but at the same time, it's true. Each team in the NFC East has improved as opposed to the Cowboys. No key offseason moves. Dante Fowler and James Washington, those don't count. Cowboys missing the playoffs. Kudos to the Eagles already. That's right, Cowboy fans. And now you're going to have to deal with me laughing at your tears unapologetically by the way <laughs> okay moving along we have some more in this category making or missing the playoffs uh brandon's got one more pick and, and so does uh so does jill yeah i'm gonna go with the titans also to miss the playoffs we talked about that division we don't like that division very much that's i think why we're both looking for a sleeper there and part of that is that we're fading the titans plus 118 to miss the playoffs they just continue to be a major regression candidate and maybe that just means that Mike Vrabel is just has some secret sauce and and we just should stay away. But I trust the numbers. I trust the turnover regression to come. The offensive line is really falling off. Uh, Derrick Henry is back, but Derrick Henry will have to defy the odds. Running backs at his age after that first major injury don't tend to just magically return to what they once were. The defense, I think, is more average than good, despite what we saw last year. This was the one seed. This was the one seed a year ago. I have the Tennessee Titans as the AFC 12 seed right now. That is not even close to the playoffs. I have them projected at 7.4 wins. Their win total is at nine and a half. So this is my favorite under on the board. I'm looking alternates here as well. If they pull the plug and go with Malik Willis for Ryan Tannehill, see what they've got in him under five and a half wins plus 700. That's in play. If this goes south and they say, you know what, let's go young 
and just look to next year. I think that would be in play, but certainly Titans miss the playoffs. I like their chances. The AFC is loaded. There are a lot of good teams out there. What do you got, Jill? I got the Saints to make the playoffs. Pretty popular pick. Uh, they were four and two last season with uh, Jameis as the starting quarterback. And I know it's he's a easy punching bag, but again, only three interceptions in those games. And that's pretty good for Jameis in a six game stretch. Uh, they were a top five defense last season and points per game allowed, passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns allowed. And the correlation of the interceptions, they were sixth and second in force interceptions over the last two seasons. Uh, they brought in Tyron Matthew. They probably have the best receiving trail they've had in recent years. That is if Michael Thomas actually makes it to the field, you know, bringing in Jarvis Landry, drafting Chris Olave. Um, eight games this season versus teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. And I'm just not sure that the Bucs are going to dominate this division the way that everybody is laying it out for me. The Saints are plus 350 to win the NFC South. I mean, Brady, a quarterback, they're one and four in five games versus the Saints, 0 and four during the regular season. So, I like the Saints to be able to come through and maybe even win this division, but I'm going to take them to make the playoffs at plus 120. Talk about an exotic bet as we move uh, right along here. Talk about one that requires, man, it could get really sweaty. You could also have it. There's a lot of clarity, and this could just totally blow up in your face by like week five. Um, maybe that's that's too early. Maybe like mid midseason. <laughs> uh, division exact finish. So to me, this to me feels like you got to look at the whole landscape and think, okay, what division do I feel really good about in terms of each of those four teams? Why don't you take us through how you landed on the division you're about to tell us? Yeah. So I've got a couple of these. I love looking at the division to me is a great way to, to isolate. Okay. We're only got four teams now. So right. now you can actually pick some almost like a head to head bet or narrow the field a little bit. So all the divisions, the one that I feel is the clearest is the NFC North. The Bears, to me, are a contender for the, the worst team in the league. They're at the bottom of the division. The Lions, for me, are, are a higher floor, not super high, but higher than the Bears. I think they're a clear third and fourth. The question is, can Minnesota get there to, to top Green Bay in the division? They've been a very popular sleeper pick. We've talked about them on this podcast before. They've upgraded. The, the offensive line should be a little better with Christian Derrissaw. The offense overall, the big leap comes with the coach here. It's the same guys, but Kevin O'Connell getting some motion there, moving guys around pre-snap, after the snap, moving Justin Jefferson around the field. I think there's a really high ceiling for this offense. Top 10, even top five, if things go right. The Packers lost Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers is 38. will be 39 by close to the playoffs. And then the key thing, week one, Minnesota hosts the Packers. This is the chance for the Vikings to make a statement and immediately flip the division and give you a great chance to, to get some ROI. So exact finish here. You can bet this. If you look around one, two, three, four in order, Vikings, one Packers, two Lions three bears, four, you can get that at 10 to one. Now here's why you do this. Vikings division winner is only plus two seventy five. So if you go from that and you say, okay, well, do I think the Packers are going to be terrible? No, I think the Packers are still in the mix. So Vikings won Packers two plus 410. That's better. But then look at the Lions and the Bears. If I feel pretty confident that the Lions stay ahead of Chicago as well, let's do the whole thing. So I like the whole mix. You can decide where your cutoff is, but 10 to one on that exact NFC North finish. Plus 410, it feels like if you're a believer in Minnesota, as you clearly are, that's a pretty good number. Uh, but keep it rolling here. You got a couple more. Yeah, I got another one. I'll do 49ers, one Rams, two in their division, plus 390. I don't like the Cardinals much this year. We'll talk about them later, but I feel like they're a much lower floor team. 
than these other top two. I have the Niners and Rams pretty equal, and I actually project the Niners 0.6 wins ahead of the Rams, 10.9 to 10.3. San Francisco has a bit of a softer schedule than L.A. The Rams obviously have the target on their back. They're the champion, and we know how that goes in past years. The 49ers, too, what you like, it's going to be tough getting to that new quarterback, Trey Lance, but we talked about this on the last podcast. Easy first two games, really easy final four. So if you're looking to push for that home game and the division title, that matters. You need to get those wins at the end of the season. I like the Niners in the division, but that's plus 185. Give me the plus 390. Add the Rams in at second, and I'll take the combo play here. Okay, that's fascinating, too, um, when it comes to the Rams and the uh, the Niners because they actually play each other head-to-head earlier in the year. The way they, the way they paired it up, they don't play each other in December. Uh, you see a lot of teams that are like – the league tries to build out these matchups, I feel like, but now the team they'll play at the end of the year twice is the Cardinals. Um, just the way it builds out from November on, but the yeah. Rams, they play the Rams October 3rd and October 30th. And that's it. Yeah. And remember Shanahan has owned McVay and those had to head matchups lately too. So that's another thing that you like early on my last one here. I'll stay in the Bay and I do not like the Raiders this season. Well, I do not like the Raiders in their division. That's where we're at here. Raiders to finish last in the division, plus 120. This really isn't even a bet against the Raiders so much as it's a bet on Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, the three of us recommended as our MVP plays on the last podcast we recorded together. So the Raiders have the worst quarterback in the division. They have easily the worst offensive line in the division. They might be at the bottom in coaching and defense. I project the Raiders at 7.6 wins. The other three teams in the division, I have a 10.3 or higher. That is a massive gap between the top three and the bottom. The Raiders outperformed win total last year by 3.2 wins above Pythagorean expectations. They finished for the season minus 65 point differential. This is a playoff team. They were outside the top 20 in all your fancy advanced metrics, DVOA, SRS, all of the above. They're four known over time. They're due for regression despite what they added. And uh, this actually, I think, is my favorite play on the whole podcast. Raiders last in the division, plus 120. Uh, this one's fun. This, this, I'm really curious how you guys attack this. And uh, you, you both have multiple thoughts. Team points scored. So most points allowed and then fewest allowed. Wow. I mean, again, I think I can understand. Bad team to allow a lot of points. A good team to not allow a lot of points. Got it. Okay. But still, like. Jill, why don't you start us off here? Like, how in the world do you do you land on this one? Yeah, and when you look at the market, there's eight teams all within the plus 600 to plus 1,000 range. Mm-hmm. And then it jumps to plus 2,000 for the Raiders. And another team that is at 20 to 1 that I'm picking, which is the New York Giants at 20 to 1. So last season, for example, they ranked 20th in points per game allowed. But they did lose some key players in the secondary, as Brandon alluded to earlier. Bradbury moving over to the Eagles. Peppers has gone to, which is – the air quote, strong part of their defense. Uh, And it's about a four point average difference between the worst defensive team, which was the Jets last season and the Giants. And one of the things that I'm thinking is this bet's going to get a little sweaty, but if you look at the latter part of their season, the G-men faced four teams in the final six games with top five offenses from 2021. So if that team is already just kind of mailing it in they're you know, they're at a point of the season where they're just kind of mailing it in that point, there's a lot of blowout potential in the games in the latter part of the season teams could put up a couple 40 burgers on them. And then before you know it, they're first in the points allowed. So I like the giants here at 20 to one for that market. Okay. Brandon, what do you got? Yeah. Same one. I'm going to go with the lions plus 700 for Detroit, a bit of a more obvious pick. 
but the Lions were first or second in points allowed the last two years or, or 31st or 32nd, depending on how you want to think about it. Hmm. The Lions give up a lot of points. That's, that's the point here. I have Detroit dead last in my defensive unit rankings. Uh, I rank teams from, you know, scale from top to bottom. It colors in my spreadsheet, green, good, red, bad. The Lions are the only team on my spreadsheet that are red at every defensive position. They're bad. <laughs> They're bad at everything. They're probably the worst secondary in the league. And we know Dan Campbell is going to get his guys to keep on trying. Guess what? Lions get a backdoor touchdown. Now who has to score on the other team to keep out their lead? So I think that even could help us here as we shoot for most points allowed. Plus 700, I'll take Detroit. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. All right, how about fewest points allowed? We'll go Jill uh, Jill first, and then uh, I think Brandon's got some thoughts too on Jill's picks. Yeah, so this correlates to the best record in the league uh, market that uh, Brandon yep. had alluded to earlier. So I'm going with the Eagles at 20 to 1 because – this might be their strongest defensive front they've had really since the early 2000s. Definitely 2018 is reminiscent of that if you look at uh, top to bottom roster-wise. Um, and they do have the off-season championship belt for best off-season moves, uh, filling in some defensive issues like a Hassan Reddick, a James Bradbury. Great compliments to what they were already doing. Jordan Davis is already getting rave reviews. Kobe Dean will be able to play some linebacker as well. Eight games against teams that ranked in the bottom 10 in points scored per game in 2021. I did almost consider the Broncos at 12 to one just because of how strong their defensive front is. But again, playing in that AFC West, I just worry that they're going to give up a 40 point game to either the chiefs or the chargers at some point and just completely ruin that. So give me the Eagles 20 to one. Yeah. I like the Eagles here as well. I mentioned their defense talk, you know, you have to like the defense. If I want them to have the best record in the NFL, you got to believe that they can do more than score the ball. I think the defense will be better than the offense this year. This is a potential top five defense we saw last year in the NFC East. Dallas made the leap. We got credit for their offense, but it was their defense really that carried them throughout the season. That could be the case for Philadelphia here too. So I think that's a solid pick. All right, Jill, and you've got one more for us in the uh, the, the point scoring department. Yeah, and this, uh, just to correct, I had Justin Herbert as my MVP bet, not Patrick Mahomes. But either way, I still think Mahomes is a great quarterback who probably has a great chance to win MVP. I don't really think that's a hot take. But I do think that the Chargers, as a result, could score the most points this year. And they're sitting at 10-1 to 1 for most points. So last season, they were fifth in uh, fifth highest scoring team in the NFL last year, 27.9 points per game. And also, they were 29th in points per game allowed last year. So that means that they're going to have to score more points likely to stay in contention in certain games. And there's a lot of potential shootouts on the schedule. You got the Chiefs twice, Vegas twice, you know, pretty much the whole AFC West. But then you got the Colts and the Rams as well. Um, eight games uh, this season uh, versus teams that ranked in the top 10 in points per game last year. Also, the fourth down aspect, fourth last season on fourth down success rate. The only team in the top 10 last year that didn't make the playoffs in that category. Um, they were also fourth in total fourth down attempts behind the Lions, Bears, and Panthers. So what does that tell you from a fourth down perspective? Now, they're likely, I think, going to run a little bit less this year because running back Austin Eckler, they're going to want to try to keep him fresh for the latter parts of the season in the playoffs, which I think will put more pressure on the passing game, which then usually leads to more points. So I like the Chargers here at 10 to 1 to score the most points of 2022. Did you factor in if Chase Daniel takes over a quarterback in, the, in this one? <laughs> well, you know, at I mean, that if point, you're going to tell me in one breath that, you know, yeah. 
Kirk Cousins goes out, they'll, they'll stink. Is, is Chase Daniel a good, good <laughs> hey, enough backup? We're running Chase outliers Dan- here. You got to bet on the, the yeah. best outcome. <laughs> I mean, Chase Daniel is on the all finesse team anyway. For uh, he's, he's a winner <laughs> in my book with the amount of contracts that he's gotten in his career for the amount of games he's played. So there'll be no hate on Chase Daniel from my end. Love it. I love how you responded to that. You, you, you had a <laughs> very confident. I love that. All right. Let's spend a couple minutes on these, on these next couple last winless team, last unbeaten team. These uh, BA, I feel like are just going to be complete, like, <laughs> holy crap, dart throws here, but give it to me. What do you got? Yeah, these are complete dart throws. These are, these are put a couple of bucks, you know, skip a coffee, put a couple of bucks on it. I'll take two shots here, both at 100 to one. So we're just going off the board here. First, Going after Gilles again, I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. Look, this is a schedule play. If you're taking last winless, you got to look at the start of the season. Right. We start with the Buccaneers. Then it's the Bengals. Then it's at New York Giants, but on Monday Night Football, it's always tough to go on the road Monday night. Washington, then at Rams, at Eagles. That is a tough opening six-week stretch. And here's the key thing. We talked about that offensive line. Here are the pass rushers that the Cowboys will face that opening stretch. Shaq Barrett from Tampa, Trey Hendrickson, Cincinnati, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari from the Giants, Chase Young should be back by the time he's playing, Aaron Donald, and Fletcher Cox and all the Eagles front guys. Like, There's a lot of tough rushing and tough guys on the line. So just a shot with Cowboys. I will say they played Detroit and Chicago week seven and eight. So you better hope that the bet has cashed by then because they're probably <laughs> not going to make it out of there by that point. But 100 to one, we're taking a shot here. My other one, we're going even deeper. I've taken a shot 100 to 1 at the Super Bowl favorite, Buffalo Bills. Look, the Bills start Thursday night at Los Angeles against the Rams. So no one would, would doubt you for saying, okay, maybe they lose that one. Next week, Monday Night Football, home against the Titans. But remember last year, that did not go so well when the Bills played the Titans in a big game. After that, if they don't get out of there with the win – at Miami, at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, at Kansas City. Then you get the bye week. That still counts. You're staying winless if you make it there. Then Green Bay after the bye week. Those are losable games. The Bills are good. I think Buffalo is going to be a real Super Bowl contender. But every one of those games is losable. There's not a surefire win on there. 100 to 1. And, you know, we're doing the, the worst outcome here. Uh-huh. What if Josh Allen goes down or picks up an injury? They could be in big trouble if we get there. So just just a few bucks and a couple nibbles on some winless teams. So how about the uh, this last one before we move on to coach firings? That'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> last unbeaten team. Yeah, last unbeaten. Again, I'm going with another long shot here. Another 100 to 1. Going off the board. My Carson Wentz is... Washington Commanders, let's go. Again, look at the schedule. Jacksonville to open the season. Detroit in week two. Then Philadelphia, we like them, but what if we're wrong? Maybe maybe Washington takes care of business at home, at Dallas, Tennessee, at Chicago. They could win those games. Carson Wentz can be solid before he gets hurt and falls apart like he does. We only need it for the first six weeks. The offensive line improved a lot. I think the run game will be good. The defense should be much better than it was last year. It's a very talented defense. Six games. Again, we don't want to last too much longer. After that, we got Packers, Colts, Vikings, at Eagles. It's going to go south. We're going to need to cash this one quickly. But may I remind you, last year's last unbeaten team was the Arizona Cardinals. And nobody had that one either. So just, you know, bend a couple of coffees on some long shot 100 to ones here to see, see what happens. By the time we get to October, maybe I'll have a, a big payout. 
All right, Jill, we're going to go on the first coach fired. Um, but in response to the commanders potentially getting off to a great start, Jill, why yeah, Ron Rivera might be, it might be time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm eyeing it specifically Ron Rivera eight to one, mainly because of the volatility of the ownership of Washington. And I don't really want to get in too much about what Dan Snyder is like as a person, but he doesn't necessarily have the most patience. And after getting Carson Wentz, the expectation is to win now, especially with Taylor Heineke being the starter last year. I think everybody can agree that is an upgrade over Heineke, uh, Heineke is Wentz. But also Rivera, you know, one of the more outspoken coaches, uh, especially on public issues. Not really that that would be an, an issue, but I just feel like from a locker room standpoint, that could be an issue where he might be showing the door. They've got Jacksonville, Detroit to start the season. So we're going to find a very quick litmus test. If they lose both of those games, like I think Rivera is getting tossed because if you can't get out of the boat, get out of the boat and be able to win those games, the rest of the schedule, like Brandon just alluded to, gets much harder. So if you can't win those two games, then yeah, I think Rivera is going to get shown the door. I do have a long shot, but I want to hear what Brandon is thinking for first coach fired. Well, I'm going to go with uh, our, our guy we love to bet against here at the Action Network podcast, the lonesome loser, Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> plus 900 in the Arizona Cardinals. Look, Kyler Murray's number has not been good without DeAndre Hopkins, and he's without him the first six weeks of the season. That's when we want to get off to a bad start, and they play the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Rams, the Eagles. That could be an ugly start for the Cardinals if Kyler's numbers aren't very good. This defense is not great. Vance Joseph has a very gambling type of defense. If they don't get the turnovers, they could be like a bottom five to seven defense. The offensive line is aging and not so good. And I just, I just think Kingsbury is not a great coach. He's supposed to have been the guy to renovate this offense, but it's just bubble screen and flat route one after the other. And they're playing fancy football over there. They're just bringing in like, hey, A.J. Green used to be good. Why don't you come be on the team now? They're just grabbing some guys. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Nine to one. I just think that the Cardinals are a team where if it starts poorly, the bottom really could fall out there. We've seen Kyler get hurt the middle of each of the last two seasons as well. So I'm looking to fade the Cardinals. You can take them to miss the playoffs. You can take an alternate under, or you can just have a little fun and bet against Cliff Kingsbury. It is fantasy land. He took off his headset to show Kyler how hard this is. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be juggling a lot there. It feels like there, there could be some, uh, there could be some butting heads there if it doesn't start well. I mean, that's, that's kind of the theme with this, this exotic bet. If it doesn't start well, Heads could roll. Any any uh, more thoughts on this category? I know there's a few off. Like Matt rules on this board. Mike McCarthy. If the Dallas, you go. You both have been down on Dallas. How about Pete Carroll? Is like Pete Carroll realistic here uh, with the Seahawks? I know it's just more so of his uh, his reputation, I guess, and his uh, his track record over time. I don't think so because I feel like ownership is going to give him that one year window knowing that Russell Wilson isn't there um, to kind of almost like prove it. Let's see what you can do with these below average quarterbacks. The team is expected to struggle. And I think if they do it, they would likely do it at the end of the season, not mid season. Yeah. I think you got to keep that in mind with some of these. I agree with Pete Carroll. He's done so much for that franchise. I won't be surprised at all. If at the end of the year, it's time to say goodbye and, and, mutually part ways, right? It's the agreed upon breakup. We we both agreed on this one. Uh, Mike Tomlin has way too short of odds on this. No, I don't think the Steelers are going to be great, but come on. The Steelers 
have like one coach every two decades. They're not about to fire a dude that has never had a losing record in 15 years mm-hmm. midway through the season. This is not what they do. Some franchises, some coaches have earned their respect here. Jill, you said you had a long mm-hmm. shot, though. I'm curious who you got here. Yeah, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. So I'm going with Robert Sala at 14 to one because I think there's a lot of pressure in the Jets land to win. Um, they've missed the playoffs 11 straight years, went four and 13 last year. I think the clock is ticking on Zach Wilson and his rookie contract. So there's some urgency to, especially after the spending that they've done for wide receiver and on defense. And speaking of that defense, Salah's a defensive head coach, but Jets were last in points per game allowed, bottom five in passing yards and rushing yards allowed. And their first nine games, I see like one potential win and that's on the road in Cleveland in week two. And that's not a layup either. So you look at the first nine, like you could see it by the time they get to that buy in week 10, he might be showing the door. All right. Let's give out best bets before we go. That was a lot to unpack, a lot to digest, but we'll go Brandon Anderson first. And then uh, Jill Gallant. I'll do Raiders last in the division plus plus one twenty. Cowboys to miss the playoffs plus two forty. Those are ones you can bet the full unit on. Like those are real bets, not these sprinkled long shots. And then my favorite long shot on here is that NFC North Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears, exact finish plus 1000. I'm going to go with Saints to make the playoffs at plus 120 as my best bet. I also do like the Eagles again at the least points allowed at 20 to one. And then from a long shot, even though it has less odds than the 20 to one, Robert Sala at 14 to one. Again, the writing is on the wall. Get your poop in a group. What a way to finish. Great stuff, gents. Uh, awesome stuff here on this episode. As a reminder, we'll have lots of great great episodes heading into week one, uh, our week one betting preview on September 8th. Uh, also coming up on the Action Network podcast, NFL pool strategy will be coming soon. Also, our final UFC betting episode of the season this coming Friday, UFC Paris preview. Be on the lookout for that. And that concludes our NFL Exotic Bets episode. For Jill Gallant and Brandon Anderson, Brendan Glasheen, best of luck out there, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on the Action Network Podcast.